So let me start by saying that this was a hard message to prepare. I've been very prayerful, I've been studying, I've been researching, and I've felt a lot of weight uh, on this sermon. Um, I believe that, you know, in our society uh, and in community, there is a tendency for those that have privilege and those that have power to want to maintain that. And I think that this scripture in particular has been used in that way. So I know that Ephesians 5 can hold a lot of hurt, it can hold a lot of pain, um, and sometimes can be used to manipulate. Um, so I just want to tell you up front that that's not my goal, um, and that uh, I just really want to do my best to make sure that I get it right, but my prayer is that whatever I mess up here, then the Holy Spirit will fix before it gets to your ears, okay? So this, this verse, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So that's verse 21. So the bottom line up front in this sermon is that those words are the key, okay? So in case you don't hear anything else, let me repeat it. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there is a lot here in chapter five, and often it's been taught, preached, or I'd even say it's been demanded out of context. Not quite getting across what Paul was telling the Ephesians. So there's a lot of pain and hurt that's been injected into these passages by those wishing to maintain power or manipulate others. My prayer this evening is that we tease out what is actually being taught in the context of the gospel message that we have been hearing over the last few weeks. That gospel message of unity through Christ's sacrifice of himself on the cross. I pray that we look at this scripture tonight with fresh eyes on the unity and love that is being shared. Paul starts Ephesians, as you will recall, laying out the truth of the gospel and the unity of humanity that occurs through Christ. You could say that Ephesians is a lot like jumping out of a plane at 30,000 feet. And the closer to the ground you get, the more and more personal this letter becomes. So tonight, I would say that we're making contact with the ground. We discuss relationships. Relationships are the building block of community, the building block of the church. And everything Paul says here is couched in the community of the church. He's not speaking to the world at large. He's saying that in a Christian community, one whose focus is on Christ, this is the way we interact and love each other. This is the church in community, imitating God as his children and walking in love as Christ loved us. Christ loves with his whole heart. He empties himself that we may be raised. That is super important to understanding the scriptures that come next. He gave his life that we would be raised. Raised into communion with God. Christ became one of us so that we could become like him. Self-sacrifice is the model. But this is not the same self-sacrifice we often hear about in society today. Let's look at verse two a little closer. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It wasn't a sacrifice to us. It was a sacrifice to God. 
Our good service, our caring, and our loving of others is ultimately pointed towards God through the other. It is God who will not let us down. It is God who will not abuse his power, his privilege, and manipulate us for his own sake. But humans will do that. They will hurt us. And if our ultimate end is for their own sake and not for the glory of God, we will be let down in a really big way. We will get burnt out when our love and care towards others are not met with what we feel we deserve, with what we do deserve. We will have no other choice but to build walls of defense to protect our hearts. Almost as if Paul can sense how this type of sacrifice in a relationship could be used against us, he immediately follows with a warning about actions that could truly harm community, that could break a relationship. So instead of sexual immorality, impurity, crude jokes, or coveting, which it's called uh, idolatry here, those things all destroy relationships. They hinder community from coming together and create division. So instead of these things, we are called to be thankful. Be thankful for each other and for Christ. So most lists of do's and do nots that we hear about in the Bible are not just a strict set of checkboxes, but rather they are actions that could harm community. And they're there to protect us and to help build community not to chain us down or force us and manipulate us into a uh, power dynamic that can hurt us. And unity, that is communion, as we have been reading over the past few weeks, is the whole point and work of the gospel, to bring us into unity with God and with each other. In the next few verses, Paul elaborate, elaborates on what life together looks like. It is filled with joy, with singing, with unity and thanksgiving. Starting in verse 21, he moves to unity in this new community, in the Christian community. He says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. With Christ as the ultimate Lord, any authority under heaven is going to be in reverence to him. So that means coercion, manipulation, anger, or shame are not part of this dynamic. Any relationship that uses those as a way to force us into community is not the type of relationship that God is talking about here. Where those things exist, there is no unity. And we lose our authority when we use those types of tactics to get our way. So with this clearly in mind, Let's step into verse 22 through 33. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. In the original language, the word submit is actually not used here. It's assumed from verse 21, the submitting to Christ. It's assumed that this is within the Christian community. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is not a command. So I'm not much of a Greek scholar and I'm not normally gonna talk much about the Greek, but I think this is really important, okay? So uh, the idea of, uh, of something being passive, meaning that it just occurs, 
right? It's just something that happens. It's not, it's not um, something that's being forced upon you. It's not something that you're being commanded to do. It's just part of the dynamic. It's just part of the life. That is how that word submit, that's how it is in Greek. So submission is not a command. It's just part of a life lived in Christ. It's an overflow of submission in our marriage as a product of submission to Christ. Echoing the love that Christ has poured out to us, we lovingly lay our life down for the other. As Christians, this submission looks nothing like secular society. This looks nothing like the demeaning way in which a patriarchal society has shamed and abused women for the preservation of their own power. Continuing through, we see what Paul that Paul actually turns this whole idea of authority on its head. So in that first part where he says, where he says, wives submit to your husbands, he's saying that this is just a passive part of what is going on here. And if you think about that community there, there was no other option, right? That was the dynamic. Women had no rights in Ephesus. I don't know if you guys have done any reading about Ephesus over the last few weeks, the history of Ephesus, but they would have a wife to carry on the lineage, and then they would have concubines and other women that would be for their pleasure. So women were heavily demeaned and, and hurt. And Paul turns this whole thing on its head. So he says that, yes, women are submitting to their husband, but then what does that submission look like? I think it's really, it's really awesome. If you could just, if we can, uh, let's, let's read it together. So he says that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Wow. Because what type of leader was Christ? Christ was the type of leader that lowered himself to raise us up. So what's happening here is there is a shift in power in the Christian community that's totally separate from the secular community. The secular community in Ephesus, and if we would have ears to hear, even our society here. A unity where husbands recognizing their privilege and position of power in society and are willing to lay it down. As Christ willingly lowered himself, we defer ourselves in order to lift and encourage and empower our wives. The love Paul is calling husbands to is a love that makes us less, that our wives be lifted up as equals in Christ. Marriage is the microcosm of this love of Jesus, spelled out in day-to-day -day life, and its fruit is community, a society founded on humility, and a society that tells girls their worth is less than, that their intelligence is less, or that their dreams aren't worth chasing. The Christian community says no. That through the work of Christ on the cross, as Galatians 3.28 tells us, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Paul is speaking of here of equality before God, not erasing the biological differences of ethnicity or gender, but recognizing that our inherent worth is not found in these differences, but rather grounded as children of God. 
In preparing for this sermon, I reached out to my Greek professor, who's also a scholar on the works of St. Paul. And he shared with me a little about his parents that I think really expresses what Paul is getting at in these verses. His parents had a 50-year happy marriage. And it was said at his mom's funeral that it all worked because his mom believed in submitting to her husband in everything. And his dad believed he was the servant to his wife. By yielding to each other, they had a great marriage and raised six Christian children, all of them active leaders in the church. The most exciting and revealing part of our lesson tonight is not the relationship between a husband and wife, but that our Lord Jesus Christ would lower himself and be under submission of a brutal, oppressive, demeaning, and shameful authority in order to set us free. Free to never ourselves have to be under that type of oppression. To share with the world, our calling is to share with the world that they do not have to be under that oppression. And to draw us to him. Consider how this song speaks to our authority under Christ. Consider how the words of this song should imitate a wife's view of her husband. When I look at the blood, all I see is love. When I stop at the cross, I can see the love of God. I can't see competition. I can't see hierarchy. I can't see pride or prejudice or the abuse of authority. I can't see lust for power. I can't see manipulation. I can't see rage or anger or selfish ambition. When I look at the blood, all I see is love. Please stand with me as we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world, saying through our prayer. 
and the whole world for the well-being and unity of the people of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our For Foley, our Archbishop, and Frank, our Bishop, and for all the clergy and people of our diocese and congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our For all those who proclaim the gospel at home and abroad, for all who teach and disciple others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our nation, for those in authority, for all in public service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially John. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who have departed this life in the certain hope of the resurrection, in thanksgiving, let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, at this time, all additional petitions and thanksgivings were invited. Heavenly Father, grant these our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to him. Have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your
Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. All things come from you, O Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right, our duty, and our joy, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, 
that he may dwell in us and we in him. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom, where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. to come to this your table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, and in your abundant and great mercies, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose character is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Grant us your peace. The gifts of God for the people of God.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord, to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Please stand and let's sing together. Amen.